0: The conference room tonight. So Miss uh, Whitney will be taking them to the conference room and uh, they will have their experience there. So of course, uh, K through fifth grade, a special experience for them. Uh, Nursery care is available. Of course, all children are welcome to stay during the entirety of our worship experience. Let us pray now as we transition to the forming time. Lord, we ask you to come now. Open our hearts to new expectations. Open our lives to what you have in store. Open our entire beings to hope, peace, joy, and love. We offer ourselves now and come to you ready to learn, ready to hear, ready to see, ready to expect the unexpected. Amen. Welcome to the second part of our worship experience, the... Time. I am Mark, and I am the pastor here at New Life. I also want to welcome all of those joining us online and those joining us via podcast. This is the first week of our Advent series, Outside the Box. I brought a box with me tonight. You can tell because there's a box here on the stand that I use to hang myself on here occasionally. And I would like to ask, what's in the box? And I I ask that with the, Todd will appreciate this, with the uh, thought that every time I hear that phrase, I think of Brad Pitt screaming, what's in the box? Um, For those of you who don't get that reference, it wasn't a good thing. And be happy that you haven't seen that wonderful yet disturbing movie where Brad Pitt is screaming about what's in the box. So I want to ask you, what is in the box? That, that was the question. That. It's a lot, of, a lot of expectations there. <laughs> Nothing. The Spirit is in the box. Yes. Holy Spirit's everywhere. Of course, the Holy Spirit's in the box. Money? What's did Todd say? The contents. That is true. The contents of the box are in the box. What's not in the box? Use your reason. Use your mind. Did you say meat? Meat could be in the box. Depending. I mean, not like a whole cow, but pieces of a cow. Yeah, what's in the box? A toy. A toy could be in the box. Yeah, sure, sure. What couldn't be in the box? What? Everything that is not in the box is not... I love all of you. (laughs) Jesus Christ is not, he's outside the box. We'll get to that later. But you can use your, you can use your, your maybe you can't, obviously. Um, But there are things that certainly are not in the box. Uh, A car is not in the box. A house is not, I mean, a a full-size car, full-size house. There are things that are are, are too big. Uh, Things that are, are metaphorical or, ideas perhaps not in the box but what is the expectation if if you're really thinking if this is a box under your christmas tree what is the expectation you're going to think imagine that you're the kind of person who needs to know what's in the box when it's under the tree you're going to say okay this box is what six by six inches maybe it's got to be something that can fit in there Maybe it's a toy. Maybe it's a smaller box with another smaller box. That's how I wrap presents. It could, be, it could be jewelry. It could be a DVD. It could be a small, it could be an iPhone or an iPod, iPod or iPad mini perhaps, a Kindle maybe. You're going to try to figure out what could fit in that box. could be tickets to a cruise could be it perfect for a magic eight ball actually the magic eight ball box would fit right right in there not that i that maybe that's what's in the box but you would use your your reason your mind you would assume it has to be something in the first place why on earth would i have a box if there wasn't anything in the box hopefully it's not living because there are no holes Because a kitten could fit in this box, but there it wouldn't breathe, and it would be making noise unless it was sleeping. Honk! Thank you. But what we generally do when it comes to expectations is limit ourselves. We imagine what can be by eliminating everything else. So now I want you to think about Christmas. What's in your, your Christmas box? What are your expectations? Christmas music started yesterday. I listened to it all of Thursday and Friday. And now for the next month. Holiday sales? Shopping? Is that your expectation? Trees? Lights? Lights? Our favorite house down in Elburn. The lights are going. The uh, presentation's there. Gifts. More gifts. Time with family. Time with friends. Perhaps uh, Christmas Eve candlelight service. What if there was more to Christmas? What if there was more than you expected? When you hear these words from... The book of Mark, and I think it's appropriate that this begins our Advent series. This begins our Advent time. Uh, Mark chapter 13, if you have your Bibles with you, chapter 32 through 37, uh, the verse will be on the screen as well. But nobody knows when that day or hour will come, not the angels in heaven and not the Son. Only the Father knows. Watch out, stay alert. You don't know when the time is coming. As if, or it is as if someone took a trip, left their house behind, and put all the servants in charge, giving each one a job to do, and told the doorkeeper to stay alert. Therefore, stay alert. You don't know when the head of the house will come, whether in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows early in the morning, or at daybreak. Don't let him show up When you weren't expecting to find you and you were sleeping. What I say to all of you stay alert. Now, what on earth does that have to do with Christmas? There wasn't a virgin, there weren't angels, there wasn't a little shepherd boy or a little drummer boy or the Christmas penguin. None of those things were... That, that's a thing, right? The Christmas penguin? I don't know. I'm sure I've read... I used to work in a children's library. I've read many books. None of those things, none of those elements, none of those uh, elements we see at our nativity, those, none of those were in this story. Well, contrary to what the people at Walmart seem to think, Christmas does not begin in October. Christmas, in fact, doesn't begin until... Christmas day and there is in fact how many days of Christmas? Someone say 30. There's a song about how many days there are. 12. Oh yes, 12. Oh, until Christmas there is third thank you. Um I I yes, there are 12 days of Christmas starting on Christmas day. And so, we are in a time of preparation for Christmas, a time we call Advent. Advent is not just a word we made up. It actually comes from the Latin word adventus, which is taken from the Greek word perusia. Fun words to say. I think I put them up on the screen for you. Adventus, perusia. It simply means coming. And it was used in uh, the time of the early church to refer to the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's not something we talk about a lot, but it's something the early church thought it was at least important to talk about one month a year. Advent is a time of dual expectations. We expect two things in this season called Advent. We expect to relive the story of the coming of God God's only Son in Jesus Christ on that Christmas Eve. On that holy night. The Christmas story. We expect God's first coming. To relive it. To re-experience it. But we also look to the expectation of the second coming when our world will be restored, when all things will be one, when we will all live in the resurrection, when there will be a new heaven, a new earth, And we will feast together at Christ's heavenly banquet. Language we use when we talk about communion. So we enter a season of expectations. And the reading from Scripture I just read, Jesus reminds us to be people living in expectation. People living for something that is not yet here. He doesn't say... No one knows when that day will come because the disciples are asking Him in this story, Master, Rabbi, when will that day come? When will we all be one? In their minds, they were asking, when will God send His angels and His army? When will we rise up? When will we free ourselves from our Roman oppressors? When will the new David come? When will we be the nation of Israel again like we were? And so he says, no one knows. No one knows that time, that day, except from the Father who is in heaven. What Jesus doesn't say after that is, so hang out and be cool. Don't worry about it. Nobody knows, so don't think about it. Leave tomorrow for tomorrow. No, in fact, he says, stay alert. And he says it like 700 times so that they would get it because if you didn't know this about disciples, and I'm not just talking about the ones in this story, I'm talking about all, all y'all and us. I learned that from race and folk. No, I, I love race and folk. I'm, I'm river folk, so it's, we, we have this conversation from time to time. He says, stay alert. And he said it so many times, he must have meant it. He wants us to be in a constant state of expectation, living like he is going to return. The early church actually expected Jesus to return. The earliest prayer we have on record from the early church, uh, kind of beyond the, the New Testament, is simply the prayer, Come, Lord Jesus, come. We have records of the early church praying that. Now, now they were being rounded up and imprisoned and persecuted and fed to lions and tortured and executed. And so they really needed him to be there. So maybe that's why that was the case. And we kind of got away from that. But that was their hope. They really, really wanted it. And they really, really expected that it was going to happen in their lifetime. Paul, if you read in the New Testament, expected... That it would happen. That's why he says, if you're single, stay single, because Jesus is coming. Why change things? It has nothing to do with what marriage or singleness is and means. It has to do with he thought Jesus was coming. He later realized that Jesus said no one knows the time or the date, except the Father in heaven. Now think about this. Let's say you were expecting company. Any of you have company over? a couple days ago? Any of you go over to someone else who was expecting company? How did you prepare? Did you leave the house a mess? Yeah, somebody's like, yeah, I, they're my relatives, they know. I'm not, I don't need to hide anything from them. Did you hope the turkey would cook itself? Wouldn't that be a thing? Self-cooking turkeys, Someday. No, you took the steps to ready yourself and your home and perhaps a meal for your family, for your friends. How are you preparing yourself for the coming of Christ? That's the question we need to have on our minds this Advent season. So, I just asked a question seems like a good time to talk about some things with each other, as we are like to do. So the first question I want you to talk about with your neighbors, with uh, those who are around you, and if you're not by anybody, then scoot over. What are your expectations this Christmas? Spend a few minutes. What are your, and, and don't, you know, don't, well, Jesus, yeah, come on, be, be honest. Be real. What are your expectations? What are you expecting? What are you looking forward to this Christmas? Talk about that for a few minutes. All right, let's gather back. I hope there's a lot of expectations, good things. We can talk about those uh, times, uh, celebrating with our family, uh, getting to travel, getting to uh, decorate the house, buy presents. All of you are already done with that, though. So let's move to our second question, perhaps a more important question. Are you prepared? That's, you can, talk, you can talk about that with those around you here in just a minute. But it's kind of a threatening question, isn't it? Are you prepared? My intention is not to uh, scare you, but I do want you to think, how am I preparing myself and my church for the second coming of Jesus? Do I even believe? In the second coming, that's probably a better place to start. Because if you don't believe in it, then you're probably not preparing for it. Maybe I don't understand what it is, then it's hard to prepare for it. But I want you to ask yourself and be honest: How am I preparing myself and my church for the second coming of Jesus? Talk about that for a couple. All right, let's gather back together. I hope some of you had answers to that. I hope if not, that that's now something you're at least thinking is a possibility. Thinking what it might look like if we were actually preparing. Now I want to read a story as we talk about expectations and we talk about expecting. I want to read a story about expecting. It comes from the first chapter of Luke, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 26 or 28. It's on the screen if you don't have your Bible with you. When Elizabeth was six months pregnant, we'll get to Elizabeth later, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a city in Galilee, to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David's house. The, excuse me the virgin's name was Mary and when the angel came to her he said rejoice favored one the Lord is with you Mary was confused by these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be I think we would all wonder what kind of greeting that would be the angel said don't be afraid Mary God is honoring you look you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Then Mary said to the angel, How will this happen since I haven't had relations with a man? The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come over you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's son. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman who was labeled unable to conceive is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. Then the angel left her. That's a Christmas story. Joseph proposed to Mary. Mary said yes. That's how I like to think about it. In all honesty, it was probably arranged and not very romantic, but nobody says that, so I can think about it however I like. And in those times, an engagement would last a year, be consummated by consummation, but also by a wedding feast. A wonderful week-long celebration for for those young people who don't know what consummation is, ask your parents. Yeah, thank you. I was thinking some of our older young people. As you can imagine, there's no horn. Jamie's busy. As you can imagine, there were some uh, preparation and some expectations. Mary and Joseph expected to have a whole year, an entire year, to get to know each other. They lived um, many, many miles apart, about 80 miles apart. Uh, And so so they weren't living in the same town. They maybe probably didn't know each other very well. So they needed that time to get to know each other, to plan a week-long celebration for family and friends, and to plan their future. Where are they going to live? What are they going to do? How many children are they going to have? I remember Jennifer and I's engagement all those years ago. Wasn't that long ago? We had to do a lot of things. We had to find a church. Now, that seems silly because I'm a pastor, but reality was we had to be careful about what church we chose. It's a whole different story. We had to find a photographer. We had to find a a florist. We had to find someone to make the cake. Nice lady that lives down in Marengo. We had to arrange two receptions, a rehearsal dinner, accommodations for our massive wedding party, all coming from out of town. We had to buy rings, order invitations, decide who to invite, mail those invitations. Find a dress for Jennifer, dresses and tuxes for bridesmaids and groomsmen. Not to mention planning the wedding service, which for me meant studying dozens of wedding liturgies and traditions and writing something meaningful for the two of us, because I can do that because of my station. For those of you who got married and didn't have a choice, I'm sorry. Too bad for you. For some people, and I know this because of the television and all of those shows about this, for some people that's a nightmare. Planning, organizing. But for Jennifer and I, it was a lot of fun. I think it brought us closer together, and I think it brought us closer to Jesus Christ. And I think, and I I hope, because I know the kind of person, even though I I don't know her, I, I really do, know her. Mary was the kind of person that loved God. And I think she was expecting that kind of time, this wonderful year, to plan, to prepare, to look forward, to begin a new part of her life. Maybe she was a little scared, sure. We all are. But I think she was excited. But a few months into her engagement, she got some unexpected news. An angel came to her. And and I think it's worth noting, and maybe I'm wrong after I go through this rant. Maybe you can tell me that was not appropriate. But I think it's worth noting. And and as I was preparing this and as I've been studying the story again, I think it's worth noting that there's not many times in Scripture, in the entirety of Scripture, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, and for those of us who even look outside of the stories of the people of Israel, the Apocrypha, some of the other Gospels, some of the uh, other Scriptures that, that really weren't canonized here in our Bible, there are not many times that God sent an angel to send a message to a human. I I know because we're so familiar with this story we just think it happened all the time but but look back through scripture there are not a lot of angels bringing good news and certainly there are not a lot of angels named besides Gabriel here, Michael, Harold he's the one that says hark Yeah, it's a pastor joke But if you think about it, bad joke aside, that wasn't in here, joke, that one. Only an angel could deliver this kind of unexpected news. Think, who who normally did God send to, to share a message with someone else? A prophet, a human being. A human being God spoke to, and then said, go, go speak to somebody else. Actually, the, the Old Testament, about this much of it, for those of you listening online, about an inch of your Bible, depending on how large your Bible is, I guess, is prophets. People God spoke to, to go talk to other things. And I want you to think about this, because I think it's worth thinking about and wrapping our heads around expectations and to try to wrap your head around the magnitude of what's happening in this story and what's happening in Christmas and what's happening to this little girl who's probably 12 years old maybe 13 think if god came to you said i got a message i want you to be my prophet And I want you to go to a a young girl in Nazareth and and tell her all this stuff. I want to think it would go a little bit something like this. I'll be the prophet. You can be the prophet in your own head. Hey, Mary. uh, I'm Mark. Prophet of the Lord. Um, You know, we have not met. I've got some great news really good news. Um, God sent me to tell you you're one of his favorites. Great. You know, that's, uh, everybody wants to hear that. That's something to be happy about. In addition to that, even better news, God wants to give you something. Um, Something special. Uh, This is where it gets a little weird, however. Um, I'm not really sure how how to say this, but um you're gonna be um uh, you're gonna get pregnant now i know you've not been with a man in the traditional sense i um, mean that's, that's great congratulations I know the kids with the phones and all that that's uh you know the rocks and the images that you do yeah that's i mean that's good um yeah so um the holy spirit's gonna do that i uh, it might be uncomfortable but i'm not really sure uh and i, I but anyway, you're going to give birth to God's son, so so that, that's good. Um, un, you know, another thing, I know we all like to name our own kids, but uh, we'd really, God and me and everybody, uh, we'd really just like, if you call him Jesus, uh, it's going to make the paperwork a lot easier down the line. <clears throat> uh, you know, to prove all this is going to happen, you know, you, you can trust me, I guess, but um. Uh, your cousin, Liz, uh, I know she's crazy old, um, but uh, she, she's, she's pregnant, too. Um, now, before you ask, yes, God helped with that, um, but, but Zechariah was also involved. That's for those of you who know the story. Anyway, uh, your kids are going to grow up together, John Jesus. Um, they're going to be super important. Uh, it's going to be great. Um, So, uh, what do you think? Are you in? Um, Yeah. If you think about it, it's pretty ridiculous. Only an angel, somebody who uh, is completely in, in line with God's will, somebody who really can't go off script, could give this ridiculous and unexpected news. Mary was expecting her life to head in one direction, but God had a different plan. God had a much greater plan, a plan that she could not have wrapped her head around. She could not have expected that this was going to happen because it had never happened in all of every time, in, in all of the whole thing. This had never happened to anybody. Mary would get married, but there would be no party. Her family really wouldn't want anything to do with her. She would give birth not in her home, uh, the home of her mother and father, or the home of uh, Joseph's mother or father, but in a cave surrounded by animals. She would have to flee her home and live in Egypt for several years. She expected none of that. The trials and tribulations that Mary and Joseph would endure to protect the Son of God were not expected. But what God did for her was to make her part of the greatest story ever told. The greatest story ever lived. She would be the one with firsthand knowledge of Emmanuel, which means God with us. So I'm not going to tell you what's in this box, and I would appreciate if you not open it. Because you can open it and look inside. So don't do that. Because you'll ruin what could be. I don't want you to be limited by what you see, by what you've already experienced. I want us all to enter this Advent season and then the Christmas season thinking outside of the box, living outside outside of the box. I want us to move us past our normal expectations and hope for God to do something extraordinary in each of our lives. Perhaps God has something in store for you greater than the expectations you discussed earlier. Now, over the coming week, I want you to pray this simple prayer. It's on the screen. I'm going to say it, but you don't need to write it down. You shouldn't need to write it down. It is one of the earliest prayers that we have. It is a breath prayer. It's something very simple. You can say it in one breath. It is the prayer, come Lord Jesus, come. By praying this prayer, you're asking Christ to come into your life and to come into your world. You're putting aside your expectations and allowing God to show you what God has in store for you this year. So I ask you to pray that. And do not limit yourself by what you expect. Only what God can do for you. Amen. Let us now transition into our forwarding time, our praise time. And as we do, a couple things I want to remind you of. Uh, first, uh, please, you know, if, if, you, uh, if you have your estimated giving cards with you, uh, you can put those in the offering plates. If you have your surveys with you, if you filled out a paper survey, a uh, questionnaire, you can put those in the offering plates. If you uh, would like to go online, I think the, uh, web, it's right on the website, findnewlifeumc.org. Uh, you can fill out one of those surveys online. We would really like you to do both of those things, the estimated giving cards and the surveys, uh, sooner than later so that we can uh, work towards next year. As we move into our Advent season and our Christmas season, we are going to be supporting two uh, charities. We always like to do a Christmas uh, charity. Uh, like last year, we are going to be supporting our daycare that we work with, the hand-in-hand daycare. Uh, but last year we bought school, or, uh, craft supplies Uh, This year, the need uh, for the daycare is hats and mittens. A lot of the kids come to school, come to the daycare um, without hats and mittens. And so when it's time to go out and play, uh, they either can't go play or they're very cold, as it gets rather cold, as you all know, here on the hilltop. Um, And so we are going to be collecting um, hats and mittens. If you were fortunate enough to be at Target at 9 p.m. on Thursday, they were on sale for $3, but that's passed. So we bought a whole bunch. But uh, I do encourage you to do that. So buy, buy some hats and mittens. Um, one to five years old, I believe. So uh, one, one to five year old um, is what they have there at the daycare. Also, we're going to be collecting money um, for some resources for our local community. Uh, because uh, myself, Jamie, Jeff, Whitney, um, and others were in the building a lot more uh, than we were a year ago, uh, people do come in. Uh, just last week, I had a man come in looking for uh, help with gasoline. Uh, I was able to help him. But we don't have those kind of resources available in our budget. Uh, we've not, we don't have a fund for that. Uh, so we're gonna be collecting some money, uh, basically to buy some gas cards, some food cards, some grocery cards, um, so that if people do come in looking for help, uh, we can help them. It's not something that happens every day, um, but it is something that happens occasionally, and we wanna be a resource. Uh, to those people who uh, do uh, see that they uh, uh, have some needs and uh, that we can help them in, in a small way. So uh, two options, uh, go out and buy hats and mittens or uh, you know, donate some money to uh, that fund for um, our community. So before we collect our offering for tonight, before uh, we enter our time, let us pray together, giving thanks once again for all God has given us. Lord, God of love, hear our prayer. We come to you with thanks, praising you for your generosity. Thank you for all of creation. Thank you for each of our lives. Thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, and the new life He offers us. Thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit, the gift it bestows upon us and the ways in which it continues to guide us in our new life. We ask that you create in each of us new hearts, new minds, new souls, that we may share the grace and love you have shown us time and time again. Therefore, we ask a blessing on all those we have lifted up in prayer this week. Help us to be vehicles of your love in this life. We pray for all of those who suffer that we may be your healing hands. We pray for all those who face injustice, that we may show them mercy. We pray for all of those under oppression, that we may offer them freedom through Jesus Christ. We lift up the leaders of our world, the leaders of this nation, and the leaders of this community. Help us support them and help them become servant leaders so they may guide us all towards your kingdom. Fill all servants with your inexhaustible love, our military men and women, our firefighters, our police officers, and safety workers, those who serve in our community and serve us. Help us serve them in love this week. Send your Holy Spirit to this place now and let each person here tonight be filled with your Spirit that we may experience your perfect love which casts out all doubt and fear. Make us one like you are one. Continue to build your church, both here at New Life and in all places, and encourage us in our commission to make disciples. We pray for a new life for all people and for our world in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.